Welcome to the Witness and Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, where we equip you with biblical principles and truths and practices learned from believers in persecution to help you cross the street and cross the ocean with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Anthony Ball, and if you have been blessed by or if you have loved this podcast, Witness and Persecution, we would encourage you to go to the platform that you use to access this podcast if you would like it and subscribe to it, and if you would leave a review We would love that. That helps us get the word out. That helps continue to advertise for witness and persecution. And today, Nick, uh, we kind of have a special podcast episode. And the reason I say that is because we often don't comment on current events because what we're teaching uh, as a ministry are are timeless truths that we've learned from believers in persecution that are true for years and years and years. Uh, But I know that a lot of our listeners and a lot of our audience, they want to know Uh, What is your take on what's happening in the Middle East right now, specifically uh, between the Israelis and the Palestinians? And so we wanted to take an episode to kind of sit down and and not only just hear your take on it, but really what is the the biblical response that we have as believers to the conflict between Israel and Palestine? So, Nick, I know people are really wanting to know uh, what is your what is your take on it? What do you want us to learn and, and take away from this conflict? And what what does our response need to be? So uh, why don't you take it away and share with us about uh, really where our hearts need to be focused, our eyes need to be focused in this season during this specific conflict between Israel and Palestine? Well, thanks, Anthony. I think what we will try to share with truth and grace today is also from the heart of uh, believers in persecution but it's certainly from Ruth's in my heart in what we've experienced in the 35 years on the mission field, uh, both loving Jews and both loving Muslims, and uh, hoping that we can express what is God's heart. And I, I really wasn't going to address this because there's too much, there's too much energy in the room. There, right. there's, there's so much heat and so little light but I've had some response from our listeners and from spiritual advisors, and, and, and they have uh, encouraged me to do that. And then I opened up a, a website this morning that I read every day, and it's, 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 a, it's some Christian news. And, and, and I read a, a, an article that just absolutely broke my heart. It was from uh, a president that will remain unnamed of of a of a seminary and he was talking about the conflict and and i'm not going to do this out of context uh because he just uh talks about how horrible it was uh the mutilations the deaths the the rapes and everything Mm. certainly he was describing uh hamas's attack on innocent israelis and and uh uh that is beyond horror right Beyond right. horror. And, but the article coming from a Christian leader broke my, my heart because in that he, 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 he summarized the events between Israel and the Palestinians. And, and then he gives uh, what, uh, what he says, and I'm, I'm quoting here, and I'll tell you when I'm no longer quoting, quote, what is a Christian response? First, demand legitimate governing governing authorities contain and annihilate terrorists, their leaders, the organizations they create, and the communities that shelter them. Mm. Wow. 
And when mm. those authorities act, have the courage to stand with them in the face of dissent, calling for diplomacy, tolerance, and blame sharing, even when inevitably mistakes are made or innocent people suffer in the process. Government leaders are responsible to confront evil, even when it requires violent response to force it into submission. And I all but wept. I all but picked mm. up the phone to call him. I, 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 uh, that response would be nothing less than what you would hear on Fox News or CNN. Right, right. What is Christian about that response? Unless you're, unless you're an Old Testament leader. Unless you, I just, I just, it just tore my heart in two. Hmm. It seems that he was reading from a script for a major news organization. And so the question that I ask all the time of churches and, 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 and student groups and, and uh, people that come and spend the weekend with us from, you know, different uh, backgrounds, uh, how, how, do, how, how do we form our worldview? How do, we, how, how do we formulate how we look at the world? And the question I often ask churches is, if we were to turn off Fox News and CNN, how would we begin to decipher uh, global realities? Would we even know what's going on in the world? And, and I'm going to suggest an alternative later in this podcast, because I can imagine uh, uh, many listeners, uh, is, if they're not, overseas and already on the same page that that we are uh that they would think well how in the world would i ever know what's going on in the world uh if i didn't watch uh, secular news well mm. and, and the problem is not just watching secular news the problem is buying into it and being led by those who do not believe in jesus and, and right. my history with israel and palestine are rather with what we call uh, because we have to sometimes have acronyms, MBBs, Muslim background believers, and, and Jewish background believers, uh, I have uh, spent weeks in Israel, uh, weeks in Palestine. In the, in the same month or six weeks of time, I, I've spent uh, setting with believers that are from Palestinian background, and then later on, travel throughout Israel. Uh, it was a lot more dangerous in Palestine. And most of those interviews took place at 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. at night in wow. secluded locations. And by the way, hmm. by the way, I was interviewing, uh, I'm going off script here. I was interviewing three Muslim background believers at a factory that they guarded when one of them got a telephone call uh, uh, that his wife was in the latter stages of labor. And so they put me in a taxi and, and, and uh, no, the, one of the guys had a car and the, and the husband got in the front seat, put me in the back seat, went to his house, picked up his wife who was in the latter stages of labor. And she's looking wow. at me really strangely. And we take her to the hospital that was bombed. Mm. And it was packed full of suffering people at three o'clock in the morning. And, and the guys wow. that drove the car and the husband those two guys took that lady into uh, the labor and delivery and left me in the middle of hundreds and hundreds of Palestinians. Uh, I, I knew 
little or no Arabic at that time. I have yet to live in Jordan. And I just finally made my way out about five o'clock in the morning uh, through a maze of people and found a taxi outside and, and was able to give them to the name of the hotel. And, and they crossed the border into Israel where there was no border post and dropped me close enough wow. to where I could get a taxi to go back to my hotel. So I, I've wow. been in these places and, 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 and I, I, I please, I'm just praying and you pray with me, those who are listening, that my words will convey both uh, mm. truth and grace. Right. Because there's a lot of truth going on out there, but even from Christians, there's very little grace. Mm. Uh, it, it, there can be a Jewish side. Uh, it's dangerous when I go off script. There can mm. be a Jewish side, and there can be a Palestinian side, and then there can be God's side. Absolutely right. And so let me share to make sure that I've been heard both on the Palestinian side in Gaza and the West Bank and in Israel, both of them have minority followers of Christ in their midst. Now, for probably every 1,000 Muslims that believe in Jesus, and it probably goes to closer to 10,000, but I, I want to be on the lower end of things. Uh, uh, but for every 1,000 Muslims that follow Jesus, probably a dozen Jews follow Jesus. Hmm. Now, that makes sense because there's 1.5 or more billion Muslims across the world. And, and yet uh, there are what I, the internet is conflicting on these numbers. So don't take these as being, uh, hmm. the law of the Medes and Persian. But on some of the sites, they said there's 9.3 uh, million Jews in Israel with 8.3 million outside of Israel. Uh, one website said there were 15 million Jews globally when this would be more like uh, 17, 18 million. And one website had uh, a little bit over 6 million uh, Jews in Israel. So uh, I, I didn't have time. And I'm not going to call my friends in that part of the world because they've got enough going on without <laughs> right. giving me st some statistics right now. And, mm -hmm. and, but the point, one of the points that we need to understand is both of those risk a lot for following Jesus. And, mm. and I'm not trying to be conf confrontational or, 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 or to raise hackles, but both are persecuted for their faith. Right. Jewish believers, Jews who decided to follow their Jewish Messiah, generally what happens to them, they are ostracized from their family, they're ostracized from their community, and they have to evangelize friends and family members in order to have a place to belong. Otherwise, mm. uh, they become a non-entity. And, 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 and Muslim background believers are also, they experience the same thing, being ostracized and kicked out of community. But you also have to add physical suffering and martyrdom, martyrdom to their reality. Mm. Up, uh, until now, and it's been a few years since I've interviewed people on both sides of, uh, of that great divide. It wasn't so great then. Uh, 
that um, um, that that I understood just how much difference there was between their suffering, but they both suffered a lot. While Anthony, while I was in Israel, the Prime Minister of Israel led the Knesset to pass the most draconian law against Jews that converted that had ever been on the books in Israel. Wow. Then the prime minister got on the plane that same week that the law was passed and came to America and met with evangelical leaders and came back to Israel with $3 million. Wow. You talk about the left hand, uh, the right hand, not knowing what the left hand is doing. Uh, we mm. need to be world citizens to know how to pray and, and to understand that uh, while all the biblical theologies that are out there concerning Israel, that my main concern is for those who are following Jesus and for Jews who convert. And I don't believe it's any different for Jews who convert in America or anywhere else in the world. Uh, they lose their community. They often lose their home. Their mothers and fathers no longer consider them a, a part of the family and, 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 and never mention their name again. And, and they evangelize, like wow. I said, uh, for the sake of the gospel and also for having, uh, they have to evangelize their own community. And, and so uh, uh, what I would like to say uh, in this podcast, and it's my viewpoint, I want, I want to suggest to our listeners what this is not and then what this is, okay? And that sounds a little bit adamant, but uh, I, I think I'm going to be both prescriptive and descriptive, and I'll probably come down a little bit more on the prescriptive side, but I hope that you'll, I hope the grace and my love for Jews and Palestinians will come through. Absolutely. And, and, and that what I want for the, for the church is to be different than the secular world. And mm. I don't want to, there's a, there's a, it's not a, such a nice saying, but we have it in rural Kentucky that you don't want anybody to lead you by the nose. Right. Uh, you, you want to, you, you want this to be, you want to, how you look at the world should be a biblical point of view. And so what this is not, it is not time to accept the horrors committed against non-combatants. Even mm. the most innocent of children, I wept, as did m many, many people in the world. I wept as I watched these scenes, how women and children are suffering and dying, uh, how, uh, you know, uh, the decapitations, the mutilations, the rapes that mm. took place. And, and yet I've watched this unfold on both sides within this, these ghastly events that, mm. that along with combatants on both sides, women and children are suffering equally, if not more in, in, in numbers. Uh, what this is not, this is not Western or Christian. It's mm. Old Testament. Wow. These are people of the Old Testament. Now, one side is much more Western and more uh, uh, favorable uh, to Americans' point of view on how the world works. But when you look at the spiritual makeup of both sides of the border, 
this is not the Crusades uh, that we've heard so much about that Muslims believe are ongoing today. Hmm. When the troops came into Somalia, uh, I saw them coming through the surf from my rooftop. I watched the wow. Marines come through the surf and walk up and met by uh, multiple uh, 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 news agencies, keg lights, cameras going on. And uh, the, the colonel that led them through the surf said, well, this wasn't the reception that we thought that we were going to get. Hmm. We didn't think we were going to be on world news. We thought we were coming in clandestinely. <laughs> and I, I listened and watched all, all, all of this happening. But this environment isn't Western. It isn't Christian. It's Old Testament. This is not, you know, and please hear my heart. It's just reality. This is not a war where one side are followers of Jesus and the other side is not. Hmm. And even if one side was right. followers of Jesus, I would hope and pray that the response would be different. Hmm. Thirdly, in my opinion, and I've, I, I don't do Facebook a lot. Uh, I leave that to you and people that can manage <laughs> that. And, but I've been watching news feeds and, uh, and I'm listening to my neighbors who are believers. And, and they believe that this is the prelude to Armageddon. This is the beginning of the second coming of Christ. And yet Matthew 24, 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be, will be proclaimed in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Anthony, as you well know, there are 2.8 to 3 yep. billion souls yeah. who do not have one verse of Scripture. They do not have one scriptural song. They do not have one missionary in their midst. There is zero churches for 2.8 to 3 billion people. And when you look at America itself, 50% uh, of Americans say, there is no God. Mm. They believe in no God. It, it, it is 70 to 80% of the world do not believe that Jesus is the son of God. And as a Christian, I never pray for Jesus to come soon. If I pray wow. even so, Lord Jesus, come, I'm praying for Lord Jesus to come in the hearts of those who do not know him. I, I, like I think... For me, the most selfish thing I could do is to pray that Jesus come and get me and take me to heaven and let 70 to 80% of the world go to eternity in hell without mm. Jesus. That's right. My prayer, my wife's prayer, the prayer of our team almost always is, Lord Jesus, uh, wait, give us another day. Give us another yeah. month. Give us another year. Uh, uh, don't don't call us home in disobedience. We have yet uh, we haven't fulfilled Matthew twenty four. Uh, the majority of the world has not. They don't have enough witness. Uh, I used to say information. I don't like that uh, mm. word as much. But they don't have. They have almost. They have e either no witness or not enough witness in order to believe that G in Jesus's life his death, and his resurrection. Why would I want to strand them in eternity without Jesus? I can't do it. That's right. This is, I, I don't believe this is about Armageddon 
uh, I believe that this is uh, 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 this is Satan's activity uh, trying to fill up his realm rather than the realm of the kingdom of God. See, that's one thing I love about Jesus. Satan will sacrifice any part of his body in order not to lose his territory. Hmm. And Jesus would sacrifice his entire body on the cross so that you and I could have a choice whether or not to have eternal life or not. Wow. That's the difference between light and darkness. Uh, uh, shall I be so selfish as to pray for the second coming of Jesus when that would mean eternal hell for the majority of earth's population? Fourth, wow. this is not the time to be led by secular media who have little or no regard for things spiritual or biblical. Right. This is not for us to get our worldview. This is not where we get our information. This is not where we get our anger. Uh, this is not a lot of things. But what this is, first, is a, it's a time to greatly reduce our reliance on secular media. I talked with a psychiatrist today. He's Catholic. He's a believer. We connected in ways in the heart in an hour conversation that was just unbelievable. Uh, mm. uh, and, and, and he boldly said that Americans, especially followers of Jesus, must limit themselves to no more than 30 minutes of secular TV news. He said, otherwise they will have a secular television news worldview and lose all of their biblical worldview. And he further stated right. that what is broadcast now on the major news outlets is not news, it's commentary seeking to make you a follower of their point of view. Right, right. Wow. Uh, this, 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 is, this is a time for secular news not to report. Uh, secondly, it, it, it is a time for secular news not to report until they, until they know the reality of an event. Instant news isn't news. It's a photograph. Mm. Wow. And it's frozen in time. And it's ratings oriented. Oh, yeah. And instant news from supposedly Western Christian countries has caused hundreds of thousands of people to riot across the earth and people being killed because of instant news before they go and wait for the backstory. That's right. For the events that mm. surrounded that and to be the, and, and for the truth to be uh, 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 truly researched and, and stated. Uh, it, it, thirdly, it's time. It's not time for our for us to turn our face to the conflict. It's time for us to fall on our faces before God, fast and seek His ways and His will for our lives and our nation, and pray. Just just get yourself a map and pray throughout the globe, and pray over mm -hmm. the countries and the peoples of this earth. Uh, fourthly, uh, what this is, this represents Anthony. My gosh. We've given 34, 35 years of our life to this. But this 
What's going on in the Middle East right now represents the church's greatest failure. Both Arabs and Jews need access to and believe in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Matthew 28, 18 commands, uh, and, and I'm quoting here, Jesus said, all authority is given, you know, some paraphrase, is given to me in heaven and earth, and then he commands, go. Go into all of the earth. Go to all the ethne. Go to all the people groups and, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you into the ends of the earth. Jesus said that over 2,000 years ago. And as today, we are disobedient. Mm. Anthony, I don't know that our listening audience or, or the church as a whole knows that 70%, it's, it's around 73%, of all missionaries on the field today are in Christian countries. Wow. That's crazy. There's only two denominations that are swimming upstream against that. And then small or some larger uh, parachurch organizations that, that focus just on the unreached on that 2.8 to 3 billion that have little or no chance uh, uh, to hear. And so uh, yet we, uh, we, we have not gone. We are not going. We park 73%. And there's a, I mean, there's a lot of lost people in America, but they're not going to be able to stand before God and say, I didn't have a chance. I didn't have access. No one told me, uh, uh, but they can't say that. And, and most of the Christian countries we're in, except in the outer limits of the rural places, uh, they they can't they have access to modern media they have access to churches they're not going to be able to say uh, uh, we're staying in these countries until we're sure that they are Baptist or they're Assemblies of God or they're Catholic or they're Methodist or they're whatever flavor that we bring we we don't want to leave until our denominational identity is established and our mm. way of doing church is established and therefore we let. 2.8 to 3 billion people languish without one verse of scripture, without one scriptural song, without one missionary and no churches. Mm. Wow. God forgive us because we've sinned against those people. That's right. Well, I think God should forgive us when we stop sinning against those people. Mm. This, this the whole middle East and, and the Muslim world issue is a failure of the church to go and tell. Instead, we have sat down and stayed. And we spend mm. usually 95% of every dollar that we collect in churches and spend it on ourselves, on our salaries, our buildings, and our programs wow. that are related to Christians. Mm. And yet, and, and therefore, we should not be shocked or surprised by what we see on secular news. It's the result mm. of disobedience, and that's on us. We can put every worker that learned Somali language in the history of Christianity for over 2,000 years, we could put them in one of the smallest churches in Kentucky. There wouldn't be 150 of them. Incredible. And then we wonder about Black Hawk Down. I was there a mile away. When it went down, uh, I was over there the next morning, 8 o'clock the next morning, where it went down, 
and I talked to uh, Somalis and I talked to Egyptians and I talked to people that watched it. Uh, I talked to people that were involved in it. Uh, I think I know uh, chapter and verse what what's going on, but mm. 150 believers when we went there, four were left alive. All the rest had been martyred when we left there. Uh, but why, why people ask why are Somalis like that? Because they've never had access to the kingdom of God. Wow. And one of my seminary professors said, and this sounds a little coarse, but I think it expresses it per, uh, perfectly. Don't ever be surprised when pagans act like pagans. You should only be surprised that. when Christians act like pagans. Mm. Number five, it's time. It's time to get your news from believers on the ground, both local believers and Western believers. Get the news for your heart. Get the news for your soul from those who speak the language and understand the culture. If you have none, con no contacts like this, first of all, ask God for forgiveness. Hmm. Because that means that your church isn't sending people and you're disobedient to the Great Commission. The last words of Jesus said, go. That wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't wait for a call. As we said before in other podcasts, Jesus said, go and go until I tell you to stop. We hmm. haven't. That's right. We've gone to places where we can be missionary. We've gone to places that are the most financially reasonable. We've gone to the places that have the most bang for our buck, where we have the more, more, most baptisms for the effort spent and the dollars invested. And therefore, we have failed to go to the hard places, the dangerous mm -hmm. places, uh, the places where we might not uh, come back from. But it's time for us to get our news from local people, local believers, both local Westerners and local people, get news for your heart and soul from those who speak the language, understand the culture. If you have none, ask forgiveness and look up a mission agency or even a humanitarian organization who are risking their lives, loving and serving in the hotspots of the world. Mm. Six, it's time. It's time to read our Bibles. It's time to pray, fast, ask for forgiveness as we've surrendered to hatred and revenge more than to the loving will of God. Mm. Seven. Wow. Oh, Anthony, it's time. It's time to, to fully accept and embrace the truth, not a fact, the loving truth that God loves Jews, Arabs, Palestinians, Hindus, Chinese, Muslims, Buddhists, Americans, Europeans, equally. Amen. Amen. He did not die expressly for one or the other. I am sick at heart sitting in Bible study classes on Sunday morning and hearing the teacher talk about the two chosen people of God the Jews, Israel, and America. Oh. Now, I can understand the first, mm. but I can't mm. understand the second. I've heard and, that too. And my wife goes rigid, and, and she offers up the prayer, Lord, please don't let my husband open his <laughs> mouth. And then the teacher says, I'm sure that Nick would have a lot to ask, add to the conversation today if we just had more time in this Bible study time. And I said, uh, 
yes, Nick would have a whole lot to add <laughs> as if I was agreeing with the situation or at least, they're, they're at least I was, at, at least I was neutral in the situation, <laughs> but you know, you're not going to, you're not going to go in there and, 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 and bomb believers and then leave somebody a mess to clean up after. But it hmm. is time to read our Bibles, to fast, to pray, and ask for forgiveness as we surrender to hatred and revenge more than the will of God. And it's time to fully accept that God loves Jews, Arabs, Palestinians, Hindus. You can fill in the blank equally. For hmm. God so loved the world. The world. Hmm. The world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God weeps over the lost world. And Jesus said in that Zacchaeus story, here's my vision statement. I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. Mm. We've got to get wow. with the program. We've got to get with the heart of Jesus. And, and, uh, uh, and as I said, Jesus loves Jews and Muslims in equal measure. This is my number seven. It's a repeat. He loves Jews and Muslims in equal measure, and it's time to accept that the chosen people of God are those who truly follow Jesus, willing to lay down their lives for Muslims or Jews or anyone that's outside the kingdom of God. Mm. Joshua 24, 15 has an eternal word for us. When Joshua said uh, to Israel, Choose this day whom you shall serve. And then he goes on and says much more, but at the end of that uh, uh, homily, he says, but, me, uh, but for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. Mm. If you're an American first and a Christian second, it's hard to be a Christian. Wow. Because Jesus doesn't take cool. second place. Oh, that's good. If you're not a follower of Jesus first, uh, and, and that's the thing that my boys, our sons, struggle with. They are such world citizens that our oldest son, our youngest son, who was born in South Africa, considers himself an American African. <laughs> and he thinks that way, and, and he's tribal to the core. And our, our sons have been so affected about the lostness and the community of God that they've been in, in Africa and other parts of the world, that they have a hard time identifying with the American church. Mm. As do I. As do I. Yeah. And, 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 and when Jesus said, go and proclaim, and we stay and sit, mm. uh, we're outside the will of God. And when we hold our children and our grandchildren uh, so tightly in our hands as after we have uh, uh, after we have uh, uh, dedicated them to God when they were born and after we have witnessed or been a part of their baptism and to just say that the way you express your faith is within this geographical boundary where you can come to your parents and your grandparents' house for Sunday lunch. Mm. If you can't drive oh. to where we are, you're outside the will of God. I've never had pagans non-Christians come to Africa trying to get their career missionary children to come home. But I've had uh, three sets of church families do that. Wow. 
When are we going to walk by faith and not by sight? I received news this week. This week. Not before the atrocities that was first really visited on Israel in a way that is rare in modern history mm. with its brutality and its senselessness is is like they were going to call down the wrath of Israel on themselves and they mm. didn't care who got hurt but i received week this news this week from friends that i have in that area that believers from Palestinian side and believers from the Jewish side are meeting regularly together to pray for the situation. Wow. Wow. I received, let me read what I wrote. I received news this week that Palestinian believers, your brothers and sisters in Christ and believers from Jewish background, your brothers and sisters in Christ are praying together, asking for Jesus to be glorified in this situation rather than uh, war causing such harm uh, to innocent bystanders. And my question is to, I wish it was broader than to our listeners because many of them are already doing this. So I'm just asking us, shall we join them? Hmm. Shall we join them in praying together for the salvation of our peoples and the Jews who are believers are praying for the salvation of Palestinians and the Palestinians who are believers are praying for the souls of Jews. And they're doing that in the same room. They're having to do that secretly. They're doing that at great risk to their lives. But they're doing that because why? They're followers of Jesus Christ and their worldview centered around the Bible. And the people that they belong to are first those who believe in Jesus. And any nationality or identification they might have with anything that has borders and government is second to their loyalty to the kingdom of God. That's right. Oh, Anthony, I just ache for God's people to reach out to God's people globally and get their news uh, both from the Bible uh, and, 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 is, and, and both from the Bible and those who are putting their lives at risk for the sake of the kingdom of God, especially local believers, and not be led around by secular news organizations that do not have the kingdom of God even in the back of their minds. That's right. Let's, let's turn off the TV and get on our face before God and saying, God, what is it you want me to do? And where is it you want me to go? And say with Isaiah one more time, here am I, Lord, send me, send me. Mm. May God forgive us for our sins. And may he lead us into righteousness. Mm. Wow. Wow. Nick, I've got to admit that that's probably the 
the only voice I have heard since this conflict started. Uh, that's that biblical. I know it sounds terrible. I'm, I'm sure I'm biased, but you're, we're not hearing uh, a measured and biblical response. We're hearing a, a fleshly and vengeful, maybe even on, on both sides, we're hearing a fleshly and vengeful uh, perspective and worldview in this conflict. So let me let me ask you this. Um, I don't want this to go on too long because you said so many great things already. Um, for our audience, for for the believers who are, are listening, or maybe for believers who are longing for um, something that is beyond just what they're hearing from the news and just what they're seeing in snapshots on social media or something, for for those believers and for our audience, what is one way um, that they can specifically pray through this conflict? I know a lot of people want to spend time praying, get people together in, in prayer groups. What is, what's one specific, I'm sure there's a lot of things to pray for, but maybe the foundation, you've kind of mentioned a little bit, but what do we specifically want people to start praying for now to help prepare their hearts and minds to really engage this conflict from a biblical worldview? I've heard from my neighbors who are believers and I've seen it on many Christian websites and, and it's popped up, you know, in different things that I read uh, about praying for the peace of Israel. But what they're doing, they're praying for a military victory and they're mm. praying for political stability and they're okay. praying for secure borders. But the peace of Israel will come when they believe in the Prince of Peace. Wow. When you're praying for the, for the peace of Israel, you're asking them to follow Jesus. You're, you're, and if you're praying for the second coming and for Armageddon to take place in that part of the Middle East, uh, what you're doing is you're, you're willing to uh, condemn uh, uh, the majority of the Jews and Arabs to eternity without Jesus. Sure. Now, do I have, am I more comfortable in one area than the other? No, no, I'm not. I know, I know that I go to the Israel side. Uh, there's better hotels and 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 flights are coming in and out, and there's holy places to visit. But where I'm comfortable is with believers. Anthony, mm. I can't tell this story, but I sat with a Palestinian believer whose family was from a terrorist background. And he had been picked up and beaten uh, by uh, 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 the Jewish authorities. And, and, and their methods might have been Old Testament, but they were really trying to protect themselves and their children and their borders. And yet he found Jesus through a witness of one of the folks that I know. And when he heard of a plot by his own family, that would have resulted in a lot of children killed. He called the Jewish hotline and said, if you promise not to kill my family, mm. I want to tell you how to save the lives of your children. And they said, within everything possible, we will try not to use lethal force and so he told them what was going to take place and where it was going to take place, and they intercepted it, 
Well, no, what they did, they went there before they caught them leaving the house and they, they captured all of that cell because a family member who had believed in Jesus loved Jews so much that he did not want to see the children harmed. Wow. Now, when I've sat with a brother like that mm. on the Palestinian side of the border, I know that's who I'm spending eternity with. And there that's are right. a few hundred families in Israel that don't know this story, will never know this story. And this story, the only reason I tell even this much, uh, it was 15 uh, plus years ago. So you can't find, and, and the bad guys can't find this guy anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you, you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, you, you talk about evidence that someone is truly a follower of Jesus when he's willing uh, to, to put his life at risk for the sake of Jewish children whom he was raised to hate and to even destroy, that is what believers on the Palestinian side and believers on the Jewish side are seeking for one another. Hmm. For one another. Wow. Now, I can get angry knowing that the two major mosques in the Palestinian areas are built on top of the first temple and the second temple. Hmm. And historically and biblically in all kinds of ways as an American uh, a believer and what, you know, what has influenced me over the years and the churches that I've attended, I could get angry over this, but that's not what the kingdom of God is about. That's right. It's about. And so I, I, I need to stop. I don't even know if I answered your question and you need no, to you ask it again, <laughs> but I, I just, uh, I just want our listeners Many of you are serving Christ in hard places. Uh, don't be discouraged and don't stop. You might, you might lead to Christ that one family, that person, that will become uh, the Apostle Paul, their people. That might become the mm -hmm. Esther, the Lydia, uh, the Philippian jailer and his family, and Cornelius and his household. Don't, don't, be, don't be discouraged. Uh, you're, you're in the right. business of changing lives and even though the ground may be hard and rocky, uh, keep sowing, looking for the good earth, and then just wait for the harvest, even if it's not in your lifetime. Mm. Be faithful, love always, pray without ceasing, and lift up your eyes unto the hills from which I come comes our salvation. Amen. That was as good a missiology class as anybody could take. <laughs> just right there. <laughs> well, Nick, I, I really appreciate your, your words on this and just, I know you're worried about being grace and truth, but I thought there was grace and truth there. I know, uh, your truth and Ruth is grace. So usually it helps to have uh, both of you together. <laughs> yeah. That's why, but, that's why when she does a podcast, a lot more people stay with it. <laughs> of course, she's a lot better looking. So anyway, <laughs> I would do the same thing. <laughs> I don't but I hope, I, I, hope I hope with our listeners that are believers and serving around the world, this will help them mm. formulate their own perspective and not give in nor be driven by a theology uh, by sending churches that are more in line with government entities than they are with the heart of Jesus. What would 
This is a time to ask, what would Jesus do? Right. What would he do? Hmm. There is a role for government to play, for militaries to play, but there's a separate, eternal way of embracing our lives on earth and that will lead to eternity that's different for followers of Christ. Right. I'll let you go. That's exactly right. I'll let you go. Well, Nick, thank you so much. And we pray for our listeners that this will be uh, incredibly helpful, incredibly insightful. And uh, we do pray if you're a listener and you have more questions, want more resources, more ways to pray, uh, please write into the website, question at nickripkin.com. You can write in, uh, email to us. We say write in, but we don't write letters really anymore. We email, but go to question at nickripkin.com. And we'd be happy to set you up with more resources, more prayer points, uh, but above all, we want you to take away from this, um, how would Jesus respond? We want to do the same thing. So, Nick, thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, this has been Witness and Persecution, and we'll be with you next time.